Hello, friends, and welcome again to another episode of the Potluck Podcast. Uh, Alan Murray here. Uh, have missed you guys. Uh, have not been able to attend the Potluck here recently, uh, but glad to be back, joined by one of my co-hosts, way, way far away from me, Mr. Matt Hensley. How are you doing? Or, or excuse me, Doctor, Reverend Doctor, most venerable, well-read. Matt Hensley. Yeah. So I don't know if I can claim the doctor thing until May, uh, but I've had some people at church be like, do we have to call you doctor? I was like, no, not only do you not have to call me doctor, I would prefer Dr. Reverend Brother Pastor Matt Hensley, uh, the third. I'm not even the third, but it just sounds better that way. But no, I'm doing well. Family's good. Rebecca has had jury duty all week. And so I have gotten so much reading done. I've gotten extra sermons done. I've done some house cleaning. Uh, that's been great, Christic manhood for, for us. And so uh, having a good time, uh, but she should be wrapping that up fairly quick. And uh, so grateful that she was able to, to do that. She also is very nervous about it because she's like, I don't want to do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing. I was like, well, you ultimately are just weighing the facts and then say, yes, he is, or she is, or no, she isn't, or whatever. And you should be okay. And uh, just pay attention to everything. Uh, so she's super nervous, but doing really well. And, uh, but it's a long case. I think it's going into its third or fourth day now. And uh, she won't say anything about it. She's a great juror. She won't say anything about it. She's like, I don't really know what's going on, but I can't tell you anything about it. So, <laughs> so it's going well. What about y'all? Well, uh, I'm, I'm glad that she's uh, not on the same situation I had last time I had jury duty. Uh, it was a capital case and I had to uh, answer the question whether I believed uh, it was okay to uh, give out the death penalty in a first degree murder case with the guy who's potentially going to be faced with the death penalty, like looking me down as I'm saying, I think it's okay for the state to kill you. Um, so I hope she doesn't have that situation on her hands. Um, but, but going well, uh, not on jury duty. Uh, thankfully, just got done with Easter, didn't get to talk with you guys about Easter on the, the last episode, but I uh, had a great Easter. We, we finished up Hoosier One, uh, did the, the five weeks, and then did my own thing uh, with the power of one uh, from Romans 5, the power of Adam's disobedience and the power of Christ's obedience. Very evangelistic sermon. Um, several people that we had prayed for, uh, making it bring your one Sunday, even though the idea is not just to bring people to church, but to go out. Several people we've been praying for were at church Sunday, which was awesome. Uh, and I'm wearing camouflage right now, which our listeners can't see, but that's a good thing too, because youth season turkey is in, and I got to take my nice. nephew turkey hunting this morning. So I'm on cloud nine. I got to talk to birds this morning. Yeah. Well, we're we're kicking off James this Sunday, and uh, and I, I just... I, I don't know when when I was doing the study in um, in the text. We're we're just going to do the first verse this week as we kind of look at the author, the audience, and his address. Uh, but as I was doing that and reflecting on who James is, it, it just still just struck me the awesome grace of God. And uh, in a song actually by the Gaithers came to mind, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And, uh, and so I might even sing that this Sunday. I won't do like Steve Gaines and do it like mid-sermon, uh, but maybe during the special. And uh, because I could use a little company on that because uh, it's the Gaithers and they like to get higher and higher and higher. And uh, so, yeah, I might need a little help. But, but yeah, just looking at James, how would go from a mocker of Jesus to a servant of Jesus. Um, 
it's just a beautiful picture of God's grace. And so looking forward to that study, but glad to hear things went well with, with you guys and who's your one or bring your one uh, or who's your one. As uh, I usually end up saying, uh, I saw a neat thing, by the way, uh, Jonathan, Howe, his daughter recently accepted Jesus and, uh, and was a part of their, who won, who's your one deal at their church. And uh, they used ping pong balls. And I think it was like, here's, here's the ping pong balls, maybe with the name of the person. And then this one, uh, another section for they have been uh, talked to. And then here's the section for they have accepted Jesus and a visual reminder of kind of that work. And so I was really pumped by seeing that. Of course, Cloud9, uh, seeing a friend of ours uh, uh, trust Jesus and or their daughter trust Jesus. And so big day for the house. And I believe that knocks all of them into glory. So we're we're grateful for that for the house. So glad to hear Easter went well for you. And uh, this hasn't been the biggest SBC news week, but there is some SBC news. And uh, the first being uh, that we have a new nomination for the SBC first vice president. Did you see this deal? It's in the biblical recorder, also on Baptist Press, but Anthony Dockery. When I first saw this, I have to uh, at least acknowledge my Swibbits bias on Baptist Press when I saw it just said Dockery to be nominated for SBC First VP. And I was like, yes, David Dockery's the best. I love that dude. And then I opened it up and I was like, that's not David Dockery. Uh, but this guy, Anthony Dockery, is going to be nominated for the SBC First Vice President, joining another uh, who whose name is not coming to my mind at this point. But there is another, I I think uh, a Lee brand or somebody uh, that is also nominated as well. Uh, but this, this uh, little article says South Carolina pastor Marshall Blaylock is going to nominate California pastor Anthony Dockery. And, uh, and I love this deal. Uh, I'm looking for it where it says folks may wonder why a guy on the Atlantic Ocean is nominating a pastor on the Pacific Ocean. And he said, we are separated by a continent but we share one great savior with a common passion to see Christ exalted and lives changed by the power of the gospel. We are great commission partners, which is the genius of our convention. What are your thoughts there? Just, I know cursory glance at the article. What are your thoughts on that nomination? Well, uh, you know, getting more and more nominations, uh, you know, I don't think it'll be like uh, recording secretary where we have five uh, for the first VP spot. Um, it's one of the things I love about the SBC is it does allow guys to be connected and networked uh, all over the place. Um, you know, you you get to know these guys just a blip from the articles. Um, you know, we, we've talked about this on the podcast before, how different folks look at uh, their credentials, who they're from, who they are, who's nominating them, their CP giving, that kind of thing. Um, and I think all of that's going to be included in this discussion as well. Um not necessarily the largest giving to the CP uh, in the program. And, and so people are always wondering, well, you want to be in or you bought in uh, yeah. kind of thinking. And I, I don't think you can buy your way in to these roles. I don't think that should be our goal. I don't think we should think, oh, we need to give more to the CP so that our pastor can rise to SPC uh, claim. Uh, but it, it, it is an indicator of, of how bought in someone's church is uh, and they are as they leave their church 
Yeah, and and we we have kind of joked about it being called the Baptist uh, baseball card. <laughs> when you get to the bottom of some of these nominations, it's like you know such and such church uh, gives this amount for this percentage, and uh, and then they've had this number of baptisms and run this much in attendance and all. I always call that like the Baptist baseball card. You know, you flip on the back, you've got the statistics, and uh, so it looks like Anthony Dockery at Saint Stephen Baptist gave six thousand dollars or less than one percent of a $1.5 million budget uh, to the cooperative program, but also had $32,613 in total mission expenditures in 2020. And it uh, looks like they're involved with a West African partnership through the IMB and also some ongoing missions work in El Salvador and an outreach locally to the Hispanic community through its Spang Spanish language uh, ministry or SLAM. I love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm prone to some of the acronyms and so forth. So Spanish language ministry or SLAM. And uh, so, you know, is obviously committed, involved and in doing some missions work and so forth. And so grateful for, for that. So we'll put that in the uh, show notes as well. And we see there uh, looks like Tony Dockery is an outstanding pastor with a heart to serve Christ and a proven track record of reaching people with the gospel and cooperating with our Baptist family to fulfill the Great Commission. After all, we are here for the propagation of the gospel. That's in our charter. That's what we're for. And uh, so it sounds like this guy is all about that. And so we want to pray and uh, get informed because as Amy Whitfield liked to set, likes to say decisions are made by those who show up and uh, so you got to be there to be able to vote and uh, so so that's going on and then in your neck of the woods some news is coming out about uh, one guy leaving one guy potentially coming and the guy that's leaving may now be able to have uh, some opportunities to serve in a much more broad sense and uh, so talk to us first I wasn't really familiar with the guy. Hollifield has been tasked to assist NAM and state convention partnerships. So talk to us first about maybe his departure, his ministry there, his tenure there in North Carolina, and then maybe touch on the at least the uh, stated nominee for your new executive director post. Yeah, sure. So Milton has already left. Uh, his last day was the 28th of February. Um, there has never been a time in my life as a North Carolina uh, Baptist that I have not known Milton at the helm. Now, there was a time in which I was a member of a Southern Baptist church as a, a younger uh, child, uh, and I didn't have any idea what it meant to be Southern Baptist or that there was a state convention. But as long as I've been involved uh, with the state convention, Milton has been our executive director, treasurer, except for right now for the last month or so, uh, Brian Upshaw, who's a great guy, is our interim EDT. Um, Milton has a, a long-standing uh, service uh, here in North Carolina. Before he was our EDT, he was head of evangelism at the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina, uh, has served uh, North Carolina Baptist tremendously well. Uh, his moniker has been that we will become the greatest sending force in the Great Commission that there's ever been in the life of our state convention. Uh, and he has lived that, breathed that, encouraged our churches, uh, encouraged uh, our college that we support, Freeland Baptist Bible College, um, the church planning efforts that take place within the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina uh, are tremendous. Sometimes I hear folks say, well, if you're going to plan a church, you got to go through NAM, uh, and you certainly can go through NAM, and, and of course, he's going to be involved in that process as well. But our state convention has been just a church planting force, especially among ethnic church plants, uh, impacting lostness around uh, unreached people groups, 
here in the state of North Carolina, and a lot of that has flown out of the heart of Milton Hollyfield. Um, if you were at uh, this past year's state convention, uh, two great takeaways about Milton, other than his gospel presence and ministry, is that the man loves ice cream and bear hunting. So what's <laughs> not to like about a man who likes the gospel, the Great Commission, bear hunting, and ice cream? Uh, and so Milton has been a great guy. Um, I, I'm currently serving on the executive committee and the board of directors with the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina. And so I'm involved in the search. Uh, I wasn't involved in the search process for picking the candidate uh, that's coming forward, uh, but I've been involved and will be involved uh, on, on voting on this person. And uh, we've got a board meeting later this month. And of course, you can read and learn about all that in the biblical recorder article. Uh, but our search team, um, they had tremendously large shoes to fill. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm sure that there's probably somebody somewhere under a rock um, somewhere in North Carolina that didn't like Milton, but I haven't met that person yet. Uh, and so they had tremendously large shoes to fill with replacing Milton. And our search team uh, has presented a candidate, uh, a North Carolina Baptist, uh, Todd Unziger uh, from the Summit Church. I believe executive pastor, I think is his title there, or chief of staff, or maybe both of those things. Um, and so uh, our convention is getting to know him through the article uh, on Thursday, tomorrow. We're recording this Wednesday. There is a, a event with our state convention president, Dr. Michael Pardue, and him at First Baptist Church Hendersonville, uh, which is a huge uh, Great Commission church in the state of North Carolina, uh, has led the state in missions giving and the country in missions giving for a long time. Uh, so they're there uh, to get to meet some folks there in Western North Carolina. And so we've got um, exciting days ahead here in the state of North Carolina as things are moving through. Uh, the guy that we have serving is our interim in the meantime. His name is Brian Upshaw. He'd be a great guest to bring on here sometime. He's our discipleship guy. Um, but exciting times in North Carolina. We're, we're plugging forward, moving forward, uh, trying to keep the Great Commission in line. And so as Milton moves forward to help uh, patch some of the relationships, work some of the relationships. I don't know if patching is what he's going to do, but he's good at patching things. Uh, he's good at bringing people together. And I think that's something that uh, is desperately needed right now in Southern Baptist life in relationship between NAM and state conventions. Yeah. And, and I was seeing in the article, it talks about the three C commitment, communicate, collaborate, and contextualize. And, uh, and so you know, it's it's obviously you've got somebody with a wealth of experience there in North Carolina. Did you say how long he had been there? How how long had he been in NC? Do you remember? I know you said uh, you didn't remember for, when he wasn't. I, I believe he served as EDT for 14 years, and uh, it might have been like 25 years on staff before yeah. that doing evangelism. I know he was a pastor before he served yeah. in evangelism. So, so uh, multiple decades, time. multiple decades of that state convention work and is able then to obviously contextualize from his experience there into the NAM side of things, but also, of course, as an evangelist and so forth, knows the value of knowing where you're at. You know, we, we talk about a lot on our Not Another Baptist podcast about knowing where you're at, getting to know your people, what makes them tick, be a part of it, uh, you know, really be ingrained in that community. And so I think he's going to have that uh, passion there. And uh, Randy C. Davis, friend of mine, executive director of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, echoed uh, those words of affirmation, said that he has a, uh, <laughs> I never can say this word, a strategist mind, <laughs> or yeah, Milton has a strategist mind, a shepherd's heart, in the demeanor of a spirit-filled ambassador of Christ. They are loving 
the <laughs> these alliterations here. You've got communicate, collaborate, and contextualize, uh, stop, collaborate, and listen. And then you've got the strategy, shepherd, and spirit there on that one. And so I'm, I'm pretty impressed by these Baptists are rocking out the alliteration. Uh, but exciting days for, for them. And as you shared, uh, there, there are some relationships uh, that can be forged. I know we talked about uh, state convention changes in Texas and also in New Mexico recently on a recent episode with uh, Jared Cornett. And uh, one of the things I'm excited is Dr. Rizel and Dr. Ballou, our state uh, convention executive director, have already begun to, to meet and uh, forge that relationship. And so grateful for that uh, because, you know, it is cliche, but it is very true. We are better together. And when our conventions are working together, when our entities are working together with the conventions and all of that, it's this great vehicle to ultimately get the gospel out where it needs to go. And so we're grateful uh, for that. And speaking of getting the gospel out, Jay Allen, you are a huge basketball fan. It's only because you have to be to live in North Carolina, as I understand it. Uh, you know, there there is basketball and then there is schooling, as I understand you sharing earlier in that when March Madness is on, the TV is in the rooms and who cares about the state standardized test? Who cares about learning algebra? Who cares about learning history? It is time for basketball. And we've got some news about some Baptists laying the smackdown on some Catholics. What happened there, basketball fan? Well, I am a basketball fan, but I'm not a huge basketball fan. I do enjoy basketball. <laughs> uh, and growing up in North Carolina, uh, it's ACC country. And, you know, um, Wake Forest, Duke University, NC State, and the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill are all rivals. Um, all there on Tobacco Road, as they call it. And, and we really did growing up in school during March Madness, uh, during the NCAA tournament, um, we really did have the TVs brought out and like lessons, there were worksheets going on. It, it was religious uh, and still is. And so national championship this year, uh, lots of religious unexpectations uh, rising to the top with Oral Roberts University doing some crazy stuff early on in the tournament uh, that nobody thought they would have done. But Baylor, uh, some of your neighbors down there uh, in Texas, in Waco, which is known for a lot of things, uh, known for cults and compounds and <laughs> terrible government decisions and giant silos, uh, but also- Dr. Pepper, uh, don't forget that one. Dr. I know you're Pepper, probably, are you a cheerwine, cheerwine guy? Uh, I, I do like cheerwine. I had diet Dr. Pepper with my breakfast this morning, okay. if that counts. Okay, that counts. Um, that works. And so I, I do like Dr. Pepper. I forgot about it being from Waco. Uh, but Baylor University, Baptist University, uh, not a Southern Baptist University, although there's still some SBC ties with like Southwestern and if y'all know what's been going on in Baptist life last year, that's been all sorts of fun to talk about. But yeah, yeah Baylor won the national championship uh, and they played Gonzaga. Uh, and of course, as you mentioned, they were Catholics and Gonzaga is always in the tournament. Um, my youth pastor growing up always picked them to go all the way. And the one year that they get close, he's like, guys, it's finally my year. And the Baptists came. And uh, as the article began, uh, they had a 9-0 and start and never turned around. Yeah. Uh, just, just swept the floor with him like uh luther with a hammer yeah so, I, i'm not a big basketball guy and but i had the game on because it is the national championship i wouldn't care if it was like i don't know mountain valley community college and you know texas 
Tarleton State. I don't, I don't, I didn't care who was on. It was just on. It was in the background. I was watching baseball on the computer, and uh, but it, I, I kept watching the score, and I was like, dude, their their foot is down on that pedal, and they're going down, and uh, and it was just solid all day long, and you just kept seeing the score go up, and so I was like, that is a resounding victory. Uh, but what is neat about it is, of course, you know, you see the testimony of you know, the guys praying around, you know, the circle at the middle, at the end of the game, you know, that's always cool. Uh, but one of their players, one of their star players is a Sunday school teacher in a Southern Baptist church. Uh, their, their coach is uh, videoed and pictures are showing him uh, helping load the team buses. You know, there's this culture of servant leadership, uh, a culture of, as they say, Jesus, others, and yourself, a culture of joy uh, leading to Baylor's first men's basketball championship. And so anytime that kind of stuff gets in the news where we see some of the servant leadership, Jesus being proclaimed, all of that is is obviously a great thing. And and it's also just good for, for, the, uh, for the state, good for uh, the school and everything else. And uh, so I was pretty pumped to see, to see that. I wish we had uh, Jared Cornut on here uh, just to share, because I know he has a number of Baylor fans and uh, maybe in his church uh, that are probably beside themselves. Uh, my childhood pastor is a Baylor grad, a number of our friends. We've got friend of the pod, Patrick Watts, who is from Baylor. And so I I really saw just picture after picture of people buying the new shirts, or even my pastor's wife got some like Baylor green and yellow new running shoes to go with her new Baylor championship running outfit and all this kind of stuff. So they were really pumped about it. But my favorite thing of all of it, my favorite thing, Jay Allen, was Dean and Sarah, uh, who posted on Twitter a uh, post that said, BGCT to the SBTC trying to claim Baylor right now. And it was a guy holding up a sign, a GIF, animated picture, holding up, nice try. And then turning to the side, nice try. And I laughed so hard when I saw it. And, uh, but, but happy for Baylor, good job. And uh, if you like basketball, yay, sports, uh, I, I kind of prefer baseball. I know you think it's boring and I understand, I get it. Yeah, I, I think it's great for Baylor. Um, I, I grew up in a town with a, a small university that uh, did really well uh, in basketball, won a bunch of conference championships, even went to the big dance um, way back in the early 2000s and played the champions, uh, the people that won the national championship, and they lost at the buzzer by a point. And so I, I get why the folks down there in Baylor are just beside themselves with joy. And uh, I think it's neat. I, I think it's neat. And, you know, um, bringing a, another basketball championship to the South. Uh, sorry to those of you that are out West or in the Midwest or up North, but uh, yeah. I'm sure they're drinking Dr. Pepper down there to celebrate. Yeah. And uh, here in our little school of like 10 people, <laughs> the Cloudcroft Municipal Schools are state champs in volleyball and state champs in cross country. And I think, <laughs> I still think they barely fill the team. And uh, so we've got some proud families and community right now celebrating them. We've got the fire department coming through, <laughs> of course, volunteer fire department coming through with the sirens blazing. And it's funny because most people don't even know <laughs> that we have a team. And so it's like, you hear those sirens, it's like, is the mountain on fire? Like, you know, what's going on? You know, you start saying, what are the sirens for? Well, the team won the state championship. 
we have a team? Like that's usually the reply. Uh, but so lots of uh, exciting things going on in the SBC, of course. And as we always say, you know, be involved, um, be involved on the local level with your local associations, be involved as you can with the state convention, uh, be involved, of course, in the national level with the SBC annual meeting coming up in June, still time obviously to register and a lot of stuff happening as we shared, we've got some new nominees for the first vice president. Uh, we've got a couple of nominees for second vice president, a thousand nominees for the president and everything else in between. And uh, so be there because decisions are made by those who show up as Amy Woodfield likes to say. So Jay Allen Murray in your camo glory, why don't you send us out? Well, friends, we thank you again for joining us again for another episode of The Potluck. Uh, we hope that you'll come back again next week to have your full and to have your fill. Tune in again. Same Baptist time, same Baptist hour. Stay Baptist, my friends.